0: Down production, take one. Hello, welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. Noel T. Man of the Second here, hanging out with Mister Adam Long. Glad to have you back, buddy. Uh, we're doing a special, and I got to tell you, I've been been toying with this special on Meet Me at the Movies for quite a while, Adam. And I'm calling the segment, and it may be like a two or three parter. I don't know. We'll see. But I like to call it Pop Goes the Movie. And what I mean by Pop Goes the Movie is uh, I think about pop songs that I find myself revisiting more the music than I actually do the movie. Not necessarily the movie's bad. In some cases, I'd say yes. But in some cases, I just find myself going back to either the soundtrack or a particular song more than I actually revisit the movie. So that's kind of the setup for today's show. Hope you're doing well, man.
1: I'm doing well. Yes, I appreciate you having me on. Again, I think this is a great topic and uh, I'm excited to uh, chomping at the bit for a couple of the uh, the ones that I have picked out. You you mentioned it and I thought that's a great idea for something. So, yeah, I, I
0: love it. When I thought about it, you were the first person to come to mind because you and I have this uh, affinity for uh, for the love of music, especially pop music and as it relates to how pop music is infused in films, sometimes good, not sometimes not so good. But uh, I, I was like, yep, gotta see if Adam's up for this. And man, you, you said, yeah, I'm there, I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> well, man, I'm going to let you dive in with your first one. So give me your first one on uh, on your list. And these, uh, just to let our audience know, no particular order uh, for these particular um, songs slash films that we're talking about today on Meet Me in the Movies, C19 TV. And if you're listening through WGWG, we appreciate that as well.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Um... I, the first one I've got on my list here, well, like you said, we're not really doing this in a particular order as to good to best to worst or whatever, <laughs> but, right. uh, all of mine are 80s centric. That's the one thing I think I'm looking at my list here. All of these are from the 80s and, uh, I think music in movies was, uh, at a different place. You know, uh, there was a lot uh, a real impetus to sell the soundtrack album, so to speak. And that's evidenced by a lot of what you're going to get from my list And the first one here is Thief of Hearts, which was a film made in 1984. It was uh, the next film on the roster for Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson after their hugely successful flash dance, and we'll talk about that later on. Uh, This is basically Stephen Bauer from Scarface. He steals a woman's diary. He's a thief, as the title suggests. Steals a diary, and he starts reading about her innermost fantasies, and so he makes it his... Quest in life to go and find her and satisfy those fantasies, <laughs> and so it's a really unique premise Wr- written by Douglas Day Stewart, who also wrote *Officer and a Gentleman*. Uh, the movie's not the, doesn't quite do the justice to the premise that you want, but the music is terrific. It's Harold Faltermeyer who did Axel uh, F for well, the Beverly Hills Cop score and Fletch, I should say, but Axel F is the one that we all know uh, from. And uh, Thief of Hearts, the uh, title tune by Melissa Manchester is catchy as all get out. And if you have, there's a 12-inch dance single of it that's even better, I think. (laughs) So uh, if you, uh, back in the days when they did those sorts of things. So if, uh, anyway, this is, uh, so that's my first one.
0: Awesome. Well, it's interesting you say 80s because as I looked at my list, I've got quite a few in the 80s as well. And you're right, there were, um, it it was such an amazing time that, uh, that movies, uh, and movie distributors realized and producers realized, wow, we can make extra money if we have a soundtrack that appeals to audiences and the MTV generation. And I think that was a key, the MTV generation. And uh, I've got several that are on uh, my list as well that come from that time period. The first one I'm going to talk about um, is from 1985. And this is a film that I that I actually enjoyed at the time. And I have gone back to to revisit it. But I've got to say the song, the theme song is one that I've definitely gone to a whole lot more. The movie was called Remo Williams' uh, The Adventure Begins, and uh, Tommy Shaw from the band Sticks had the theme song called What If. Uh, The the movie was an action-adventure film, starred uh, Joel Gray, uh, Fred Ward also in this, and and Joel Gray actually got a Golden Globe nomination uh, for his role in this film, Uh, and it was based on this best-selling pulp fiction action-adventure series called The Destroyer and they really had hoped that this would kind of be a franchise. Orion really thought that this was going to be something that was going to be this James Bond-type series, a franchise that they were going to continue to do many of these films. That did not happen. Uh, Dick Clark Productions joined with Orion Pictures. Uh, it really was kind of a box office disappointment uh, in Orion, but, but listen to this. Orion hired veterans of Bond series Uh, English director Guy Hamilton, who was involved in Goldfinger, uh, Live and Let Die, uh, was involved in this. And the screenwriter um, Christopher Wood, who was involved in Moonraker and The Spy Who Loved Me, was there. So when you look at that, you think, wow, maybe something can happen here. Maybe this is going to be a franchise. But it just didn't click on all cylinders. Again, I enjoyed it at the time. It was fun. Um, But as I've gone back to revisit it, I'm like, yeah, it was still fun, but not a great film. But that song... What If by Tommy Shaw has just really continued to kind of stay with me, Uh, and um, Shaw uh, released the song also as a solo artist on his 1985 album, named the same thing, What If. So the the film is Remo Williams, uh, The Adventure Begins from 1985.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting choice. I I remember when Remo Williams came out, I remember all the high hopes everybody had pinned on that becoming a new franchise, and... It's interesting that the adventure began, but it never continued. So <laughs> yeah, it began and ended
0: at the same time.
1: <laughs> right at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, there was actually talk of them doing a TV series out of this exactly. for a while, and it never uh, materialized. Yeah. And uh, now you know, with Fred Ward gone, right? Yeah. Know, of course, I think he had aged out of the role. I, I think anyway.
0: so too. I, I think but, you know when you go back okay, and look at the yeah. casting of it, if they had casted someone even younger. Uh, you know i think maybe a tv series might have been a, a better a better fit for this but uh you yeah. know so there you go uh if you haven't if you've never heard of it there's probably a reason why but uh it's still worth a revisit just to listen to that song uh if nothing else all right man what else do you have on uh, on your list uh pop Goes the movies
1: well let's talk about flashdance we uh i referenced that earlier um flashdance is you know, it's it's a guilty pleasure, I guess, if there is such a thing. Some people say there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure; either you like it or you don't. Um, but I guess it would fit in that category. I realize that there's not much there in the way of plot or substance or anything like that, but it it's certainly an enjoyable film to watch for all of its uh, the 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 visuals that became the trademark of '80s cinema that uh, Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer, that we referenced earlier. Um, but this. Soundtrack had quite a few or well, at least two number 1 records we know Maniac by Michael Cimbello and the title track uh, What a Feeling Flashdance uh, by Irene the late Irene Cara but one of my favorite songs from the soundtrack is one not as well known it's uh, called Lady 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 by Joe Esposito Joe Esposito was a lead singer of Brooklyn Dreams who uh, had they did a um uh, provided the backing vocals on a Donna summer record, Heaven Knows, in 1979, and then she met her husband. He was a member of uh, Brooklyn Dreams of uh, Bruce Sedano, and they married, and you know, the, and stayed married until her passing. Uh, but Joe Esposito was the lead singer of Brooklyn Dreams, and then he wound up getting a um, a second career, as it were, uh, doing songs from films. I think he provides the. I think he's the vocalist for the theme from The Karate Kid. Uh, You're the best, I believe, is another one, and. So anyway, uh, Lady, Lady, Lady is just a terrific, the the way that it's set up in the the film, the visuals that are employed at the same time the song is used. It's just a perfect blend of music and visuals at the same time. And and to go even further, a couple uh, years ago, Gloria Bell was a film with uh, Julianne Moore about a single woman trying to find her place in uh, uh, Los Angeles or whatever in the single scene. And they repurposed that song. They used it again in Gloria Bell. And it's works totally well there too so uh that's one of my favorites and um also as a, as a bonus i'll just say the love theme from flash dance by jill saint uh, uh helen saint john rather uh is another one that i that was the flip side of the 45 of uh flash dance what a feeling and i was a big fan of that one as well so there you go flash dance and what, what was the year <laughs>
0: for that uh
1: 1983. All right, yeah. uh, still in the 80s, uh, and, and we're going to stay in the right. 80s uh,
0: with me as well, uh, going to uh, 1986. Uh, for me, Adam, uh, as we talk pop goes, the movies, we're looking at uh, the films called American Anthem. And uh, th- there was also a, a, a theme that was going on in the 80s of these sports films. And all these sports films had to have soundtracks. And I, when I say soundtracks, pop artists. Like crazy, and uh, and this one was was no different. Uh, this is a sports a drama uh, from uh, from Columbia Pictures that uh, starred uh, Janet Jones and Mitch Gaylord. and Mitch Gaylord was actually an <laughs> Olympian um, as well. And uh, you know, I don't remember a ton more about the movie. The movie didn't really speak to me. Uh, it was a box office flop. It uh, it grossed four point eight million dollars against a seven million dollar budget. It was a a, a summer. Uh, released 1986, it did not uh, did not click with audiences uh, at all, uh, and uh, Siskel and Ebert basically said this movie was as bad as any movie they had seen in 1986. So, uh, so I, I'm you know I, uh, again a movie I don't remember a ton about, but I got to tell you I loved the soundtrack to this. the The, the soundtrack um, had the likes of Mr. Mister, uh, John Parr, of course, from Santa Omo's Fire. Stevie Nicks in this, Graham Nash, uh, and uh, and Alan Silvestri uh, did do um, the theme, if you're looking for just the theme of it. Prince uh, Thompson also then is, but Andy Taylor to me was the standout. Uh, Andy Taylor from uh, Duran Duran fame uh, had a huge hit with a song called Take It Easy uh, off of this. And I tell you, that's one song that I have just continued to go back to um, year after year after year. It was just one of those high-intensity uh, songs and there is a, a video, a music video you can find for that as well. But uh, Andy Taylor's "Take It Easy" is the uh, the one pick for me off of this. Even though uh, NX has has a uh, a great song, same direction, but it's the Andy Taylor song that really, really stands out to me from the film uh, American Anthem from 1986.
1: Well, that's interesting you mentioned that. That was actually a top 40 hit, so that did chart. It got uh, number 24 or something like that. And uh, his his uh, co-band maiden, uh Duran Duran, John Taylor, had a chart record the same year from nine and a half weeks. I do what I do. There you go, man. <laughs> See, we're going to bring you all sorts of
0: stuff right here on uh, Meet Me at the Movies. We are talking Pop uh, Goes the Movie. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break, quick intermission. Uh, we're going to come back and talk more uh Songs that maybe appeal to us or, or soundtracks that appeal to us more than the actual movie did for, for one reason or another. Or we go back to it, remember it more. So stick around for more right here on Meet Me at the Movies. Won't you
2: come and meet me at the movies? Won't you come and watch a fl- Education is our most powerful tool to improve and change our world. Hi, I'm Rhonda Benfield, your host for School Matters. Join me for a new program every other week with information from and about the students and staff of Cleveland County Schools. Discover what our schools are doing to challenge students and help them reach their full potential. You can catch us on Spectrum Cable Channel 19 or stream us live on C19.tv.
1: Hey, I'm David Allen, back as Armchair Quarterback Host for 2023. I'm Guy Suttle from C19 TV Sports. And I'm Rob Rook from ktcbroadcasting.com. What's in store on the gridiron for 2023? Each week, we look at
0: all four Cleveland County High School football teams. Burns, Crest, Kings Mountain, and Shelby.
1: We will look at what happened the week before and look ahead at what's coming up this week. And we'll also discuss ACC, SEC, and Gardner-Webb college football. And of course, the NFL and those Carolina Panthers. So don't miss another great season of football right here on Armchair Quarterback on C19 TV and online at c19.tv. Hi, I'm Nikki Bliss Carroll, your host for Cleveland Connections, the show that explores what's happening at Cleveland Community College. Join us as we sit down with members of faculty and staff to discuss programs of study, upcoming events, and other exciting campus news. We'll have a new show for you each month on C19 TV, or you can stream us online at C19.tv. Tune in and connect with Cleveland Community College on Cleveland Connection.
2: Won't you come and meet me at the movies? not you come and
0: watch a. Fl- Hello, welcome back to Meet Me at uh, the Movies. An old team man in the second here uh, with uh, Adam Law. Uh, And we're talking uh, music soundtracks for films. And and the key of this series, of this show, and we are going to say series because we'll come back and do another one, I'm sure. Uh, We're talking about how the soundtracks or particular theme songs from movies appeal to us or maybe stand out more over the years than the actual film itself. Not saying the film is bad, uh, but just saying that we go back to the songs more uh, then we go back to the film. All right, Adam. Uh, we're going to come back with you, buddy. So, uh, what's the uh, what's the, what's the next one on your list, my man?
1: Well, I must admit that some of the films on my list are truly bad. Uh, <laughs> some of them, in fact, uh, maybe even ghastly. Uh, <laughs> but but the music's great, in my opinion, and that's uh, so you know I'll, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I'll own it. Uh, so we were talking about 1983, the year of Flashdance. Uh, another year, uh, another brother. Another film from that same year would be Staying Alive, the uh, the long-awaited sequel, six years in the making to Saturday Night Fever, and boy, what a misstep that was! <laughs> it was basically Sylvester Stallone directing. Of course, it's basically the same template as the Rocky films, tra- translated to the milieu of uh, Saturday Night Fever. Uh, it just totally doesn't work, really. It, it doesn't. But there was a top ten hit from the film, and that was by surprise. Sylvester Stallone's brother, Frank. Yes, Frank. <laughs> and um, so there, it was far from over. Was uh, that one? But the one I was actually going to talk about from that soundtrack was "The Woman in You" by the Bee Gees, because they did return to contribute some songs to the soundtrack, and that, to me, is a truly good song. Um, it's right up there with the best of the BG's and there was Disco Burnout of course uh, radio programmers were a little bit yeah, they they were they weren't so quick to program BG songs cuz they were kind of a laughing stock and every goodwill store across the country had tons of copies of the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack in the early 80s because the Disco Burnout had just taken its toll but I like The Woman in You and again not a high charter on the charts I think like like mid 20s or something but it is a really catchy song, um, and so I just wanted to mention that from the 1983 ill-fated sequel, Staying Alive, although Staying Alive did well financially for Paramount. It wasn't the bomb that some people like to think it was, but anyway. Yeah, and
0: it really is sad and, that uh, the BGS and a few other artists during that time just got kind of shoveled you know literally shoveled aside not just shoved aside but shoveled <laughs> aside um because they were so immersed in in that um that disco era but yeah some of the beachy stuff i mean they're you know some of their last songs that they released as singles were just amazing and um I, i'm with you i, I think that uh there, there were some artists that were kind of looked over uh, and never were able to regain their footing. But uh, but yeah, the VG's a uh, solid, solid band. Uh, if you go back prior to the disco era and all the way beyond, they really had some amazing work, some amazing work. Well, I'm going to uh, go to another uh, 1980 uh, uh, 80 film. This is uh, actually 1988, and it is a film. Uh, the film itself uh, did really well uh, at the box office. It made a ton of money for a guy named Tom Cruise, uh, the film is Cocktail and, and uh, you know, had some great cast in it. I mean, Tom Cruise, Brian Brown, Elizabeth Shue uh, in this film. and uh, But for some reason, the film just did not click with me, Adam. I didn't really love the film. Um, it Again, it made $171 million on a $20 million budget. So just a huge box office success for Touchstone. But it just didn't click with me. But I'll tell you what did click with me relating to that was the soundtrack. I mean, the soundtrack was, was pretty spectacular, um, and including um, Kokomo by the Beach Boys, which uh, became a number one song for this band who had been around for such a long, long time. And, uh, you know, other bands that showed up uh, on the soundtrack for this, John Cook or Camp. Uh, right, Cooter, Little Richard, Robbie Neville, Fabulous Thunderbirds, and Starship. But uh, the, the film itself didn't really uh, provide a lot of love for me, but I, I loved the soundtrack, especially Kokomo by The Beach Boys.
1: Yeah, and of course Bobby McFerrin had a monster smash with Don't Worry, Be Happy, <laughs> <laughs> also from the film. So yeah, that soundtrack was a monster. It really was. And so uh, yeah, I I, I understand that for sure, and uh, it was amazing that the Beach Boys could come back and have a number one record after all those years. Yeah, it really is,
0: and you know, and there were other songs in the film that didn't actually make it on the soundtrack. I think like "Addicted to Love" by Robert Palmer uh, and, J- and Jimmy Cliff had some music. So there were other, there were certain films that were or certain songs that were in the film but didn't actually make uh, that uh, that yeah. U.S. U.S. release. But the film 1988, some people absolutely love Cocktail. Uh, for me, it was okay. Uh, I just didn't uh, didn't go crazy for it. But I've definitely gone back to that soundtrack uh, time and time again, especially Kokomo by the Beach Boys.
1: <laughs> Very good. Well, I'm uh, still stuck in the 80s, as you are. And so we'll go back to 1980. This was, um, I think it may have been the film debut for Steve Gutenberg, for one thing. Uh, or maybe, if it's not the film debut, it's certainly one of the earliest ones on his resume. Uh, Of course, we were talking about disco burnout, and there was the infamous disco burning, record burning in the summer of 1979, which kind of brought an end to disco, and there was this huge backlash. Well, Alan Carr, the producer of Grease, decided that he was going to make a film starring the village people, who were the hot act in early 1979. Well, by the end of 1979, they were pretty much done. Well, he was in the middle of production of his Village People film when the disco backlash came about. And so how do you stop a multi-million dollar film when it's already in production? <laughs> so, and he chose to forge ahead. So the next year, in 1980, he released Or Did He Unleash? <laughs> or Did It Escape? Uh, Can't Stop the Music, which uh, also stars Valerie Perrine and Bruce Jenner. Uh, we, he was Bruce Jenner at the time, right. ladies and gentlemen. And you haven't lived until you've seen Bruce Jenner, the Village People, Valerie Pryne, and Steve Gutenberg in a hot tub together. And you get to see it, ladies and gentlemen, in this film. Uh, it's it's something to see. It really is. I proudly own this film on Blu-ray. I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, Shout Factory did a great Blu-ray of it with a few extras a couple of years ago. Nancy Walker, the, uh, the bounty paper towel lady, directed this film. Had never directed a film before. Didn't know what she was doing. I mean, there's ineptness all over it. But... Can't Stop the Music, the title track from the film by the Village People, I'll be darned if that's not one of the most catchy tunes that you're likely to hear from that era. I mean, you know, and it's a shame that, you know, they were kind of written off at that point, because in another era, it probably would have been a hit, but Can't Stop the Music, the title tune from that ill-fated film, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like a septic tank explosion. Uh, it has to be seen to be believed. So... You
0: know <laughs> what? Well, and again, that was a nineteen eighty. What eighty? What? What was the release release Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to stay in the eighties, man. I, I've got some. And I promise. I've got some other films that are outside the eighties. But as we said at the top of the show, there were so many great soundtracks that had songs that that charted, and 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 maybe some of them weren't number ones, but they just found a way to kind of kind of stick with you uh, for one reason or another. And uh, I'm going go, uh, to go to nineteen eighty-seven and uh to a film that uh it's called Less Than Zero and uh I, I almost Less Than Zero remember a whole lot about the film itself. Um it, it it did have I mean it had some, you know, names names attached uh attached to it for sure. But uh the the film was released in November, uh you know, loosely based on a novel, the same name, Andrew McCarthy in this uh, I, I, you know, uh, I think Robert Downey Jr. was in this. Uh, who else was in this? Do you remember who else was in this? Uh, Jamie Gertz, I think. Um, That's right, was uh, as say well. Jamie and Gertz, James yeah. Spader. Uh, can't can't forget uh, James Spader. But that was the mm-hmm. film. So, you know, this was a time in the '80s, Adam, when you had the, you know, kind of the the, the Brat Pack, and whenever they would show up in films, you would really expect, you know, kind of high intensity. Uh, high success. You, I mean, the teenagers especially wanted to, to kind of check this out, and I remember that. I mean, I remember wanting to go see these films, but this is a film that just didn't really, um, uh, again, it didn't um, didn't drive deep into my heart or my mind. It's not one that I go back and revisit uh, a, a lot. Uh, was released by 20th Century Fox, uh, eight million dollar budget, uh, twelve million dollars uh, at the box office. So uh, not what they had uh, had hoped for uh, in this, but the soundtrack. Uh, had an amazing cover and uh, you know I, I love I love artists who can make cover tunes kind of their own and find a way to do something that that makes it feel uh, unique and and something that's completely theirs. and uh, the uh, the song that that stood out to me was a uh, hazy shade of winter uh, by the Bangles, just a beautiful cover uh, of a Simon uh, and Garfin- Garfunkel song. And it brought it into a different light for me. And I, I, I still go back and listen uh, to that song, uh, Hazy Shade of Winter. Um, and uh, man, just, just absolutely loved that version of it. Uh, the original version from Simon and Garfunkel, solid as well from 1966. But, uh, but that particular remake was incredible. The album itself uh, produced by Rick Rubin, uh, most of it produced by Rick Rubin, so solid production Throughout uh, That album also included um, Paul Simon uh, actually was uh, was on there uh, as well in, in some backing vocals, but Paul Stanley, uh, Gene Simmons um, uh, got some writing credit because Poison did a, uh, a remake of Rock and Roll All Night uh, and you got Roy Orbison. I mean, it's uh, you know, a pretty amazing soundtrack. You got some uh, Aerosmith tunes on there as well, Joan Jett and the Blackheart, but... Hazy Shade of Winter is the one that really stands out to me when I think back on this particular film.
1: Well, yeah, two things I'll mention real quickly about that soundtrack. Um, I'm a huge fan of that Roy Orbison uh, song that you mentioned. It's uh, Life Fades Away. It was uh, sadly uh, uh, prophetic in a way because he died just a, a little over a year after that film was released and it's about a dying man and his you know how he wants to be remembered and it's a really powerful song i think jeff lynn may have produced that i'm not sure that's when they were collaborating But that is a terrific late career entry by Roy Orbison that more people should pay attention to. And you mentioned Paul Simon. We have him to thank for this whole thing about music and movies because he started it. Well, he didn't start it, but uh, Mike Nichols started it with um, the soundtrack from The Graduate. That was the first film that I'm aware of where you had a soundtrack tied in with the film. If you don't count the Elvis films, that is and uh and then it became, kind of became a mainstream sort of thing with the graduate and so paul simon obviously tied into that so absolutely to mention those two tidbits
0: absolutely well we've got uh, just two minutes so uh do you want to dive into your last one or you want to hold it uh, and uh and, and come back uh, next time for that one
1: oh yeah i can go ahead and do this real quick uh, this is uh, uh written by one of my favorite songwriters he had a huge hit in the uh early 70s with Never Rains in Southern California. I'm talking about Mr. Albert Hammond. He co-wrote this with Diane Warren. It's uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now from the film uh, Mannequin. Uh, I think that's a terrific song. Uh, I still... Like it a lot, uh, and no surprise, because Albert Hammond is just, if you've not heard any of his early 70s albums, go find them on Spotify. Do yourself a favor. He wrote so many hits for others. When I Need You by Leo Sayer is one. To All the Girls of Love Before, there's other ones that we could talk about that he's written. Uh, but um, And The Air That I Breathe uh, is another one. Uh, but, um, yeah, this mannequin, not a terrific... Film by any stretch of the imagination, of the sequel is even worse. But uh, this song is a is a great uh, song uh, performed by the Starship. Hit number one on the U.S. charts in the spring of 1987 when I was in the 11th grade. So I have fond memories of seeing of hearing it uh, playing in the background back then.
0: That's it. That's it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we we were stuck in the 80s on this particular edition of uh, Meet Me at the Movies, and uh, we have called this segment Pop goes the movies we talked about pop music and films and uh talked about how the pop music maybe elevated the films or even uh uh, overshadowed the films in certain situations Um, we're going to come back again at some point adam won't have you back so you're going to have to dive in deep and maybe go to some uh some maybe songs from the, the 90s i've got some i've still got some stuff in the 80s on my list and a few things from the 90s uh as well so yeah man uh thanks for joining us this was a a great show uh, enjoyed having you looking forward to uh to more uh with adam long uh joining us right here on meet me at the movies for everybody who spends time with us email us info at c19.tv if you have any questions comments uh we will we will definitely uh respond to that we appreciate it and uh, adam thank you man always good to see you uh, always glad for your insight and your your jawing so thanks for jawing <laughs> with me man appreciate it
1: Appreciate you having me on again It's always a blast
0: Until next time For the entire Meet Me at the Movies crew I'm Noel T. Manning II For Adam Long That's a wrap
2: Next time we see you We'll gladly fill you in We'll tell about the happy And the sad ones We'll talk about the good ones And the bad ones Many films to view till we meet again.